I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst show. I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. Uh, I went there, motherfucker. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hey, Joey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. Yeah. L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. That's what we do. Every week. How are How are you? I'm well. How are you? I think finally, it feels like my voice for the first time is really back. Oh, I didn't know it was gone. Well, yeah, I lost it. <sighs> Thanks for being my friend and knowing what's going on in my life. <laughs> Whatever. What's up with you? Nothing. Just hanging out here. It's about to rain here in good old Southern California. Is it going to rain in the Bay Area? Is it already raining uh, over there? Or what's the story over there? No. Tom- it's windy today. Tomorrow it might rain, but I'll be gone. I'm going to New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I think um, we will. Joey, though, listen to this. Remember... Um, back in the day when I used to write for a newspaper yes. in Orange County. Yes. So I interviewed this guy. You might actually remember the story. I interviewed this guy. He was running for city council and he came out to me when I was interviewing him. Van Tran? Like, no. <laughs> Mike, Van Tran, no. Mike used to do a story. Mike used to do a lot of stories about this guy named Van Tran. Van Tran and Tan Nguyen. Yeah. Both were mm-hmm. big names. But anyway, um, this guy, Chris, he comes out to me when I'm interviewing him. I'm writing like a feature piece on his life and who he is and stuff. And he's like, well, I'm gay, but I don't want you to put that in the article. And I was like, I want you to well, put it in my butt. Why did you tell me that? Now I like, now I feel weird. Uh-huh. Whatever. We ended up becoming good friends. Uh, he lost city council race. Um, we became good friends. He's super smart, really passionate, whatever. Um, he's had this roommate for like 20 years. And that roommate is like a really weird like, word to use because I, I don't know if they are just roommates or what. Okay. But they've been roommates for like 20 years. And I've met the roommate, I think, twice. But seriously, Joe, since I met this guy, Chris, in 2005, 10 years ago, I've met the roommate like a handful of times. Sure. No more than five times. Uh-huh. But I really feel like two that I can remember. So... I am friends with the roommate. The roommate's name is John, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm friends with John on Facebook. And in the last year or so, I've noticed that a lot of his status updates have changed from being at, like, the bar and pop culture news and stuff like that. Now he's all about the gym and riding his bicycle yeah. and being healthy. There's totally worse things to be addicted to. So if that's your thing, that's your thing, and I'm cool with that. So basically all I see from this guy is occasional check-ins at the gym. And then he takes photos after his long bike rides, and that's it. What an idiot, because friend. everybody knows now the dad body is in. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched The Daily Show where they were making fun of that. Yeah. So about a month ago, I get this message from him, and he says, hey, remember me? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. And he was like, uh, I thought you lived in Phoenix, but I see that you're posting stuff in San Francisco. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I moved. I explained what I do for work now, yada, yada, yada. And then he said, well, I'm doing the AIDS life cycle. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, here oh, we go. God. You know. Yeah. We have I a, know you know. We have a friend. Yeah, but it's not just that friend. I feel like uh, I'm sure there's similar things in other parts of the country. Let's explain real quickly. In California, the AIDS life cycle is this bike trip that begins in San Francisco and it ends in Los Angeles. I wish it, it didn't. Like I wish it would just keep riding all the way down off out of the country <laughs> and off the tip of Baja, Into California. Yeah. <laughs> So it raises money. To, it raises money to fight uh, HIV and AIDS. Really worthy cause and awesome. But I think as a gay man with gay friends, and I'm living in California, also being involved in politics at one time, I get hit up and asked to donate money to this thing. I would say about five times a year. Mm-hmm. Five different people doing the ride. It's really popular. You get hit up too, right? Not just the mutual friend we have. Well, luckily, all of them have died. So. Uh... Uh- <laughs> No. So I don't get any more requests. No, uh, we, you know I've hidden all those people. Right? Yeah, we, look, it happens a lot. Here's the thing: if you're a friend who writes to me about a million other things, and then once or twice a year, you know, yes, also a donation yes. woven in there. Okay, fine. I might even donate. I, you know, I have friends who do this Movember thing, right? Uh-huh. But all year they're posting shit, and then they just do this stupid Movember thing, right? They're not your friends only when they're asking for money. Yeah, the, they're always your friend. The right? person we're talking about, Eric. Uh, that queen only writes about money and asking for money like constantly. A newsletter. Yeah, it's we get a newsletter where it's like, "Here's how you can give me money." Constantly, and not just for this life cycle. It's constantly hitting you up for money. Yeah, which I feel badly because one much. of our biggest fans. That's what he does for a living. But what? Okay. No, but that's not the same. That's it's not the same. Um, when you're exploiting your personal network of friends, it's weird. So anyway, um. This John guy says, I'm doing AIDS life cycle, and I know he's going to ask for a donation. Yeah. And he does. He's like, here's my donation link. And I'm like, thank you. I actually have two good friends that are writing already. I've made two donations, and I don't plan on making any more. So good luck, though. And he's like, well, here's the link if you know anyone who wants to donate. And I'm like, mm, why would I give him your link instead of my friend's link, right? But I, see, I sort of feel betrayed. like. There was all this small talk, mm-hmm. and then it it was only because you wanted to share your fundraising link. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all the conversation we just had is void. Yeah. It's not a biggie, though. But, Joey, cut to last weekend, mm-hmm. and he Facebook messages me again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he's going to ask me to donate again? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you his message. Oh, he God. sent it last weekend. I oh, haven't God. responded yet. He says, Oh, God. Hey, Mike. Uh-oh. I was wondering... And I know it might be a huge imposition if instead of donating to help the HIV and AIDS services of L.A. and the SF AIDS Foundation, you might be willing to put me up for a couple of days prior to the kickoff to the ride. Mm -hmm. What the hell? I wanted to respond. I was like, why don't you text me this question and I'll respond in text. And then he would say, like, I don't even have your phone number. And I'll be like, exactly. Like, we don't know each other. So I'm not going to put you up in my house. Mm -hmm. So. I've said nothing. Uh, I haven't responded yet. I don't think it's cool, though, that he said, like, instead of helping people who really need it, why don't you let me stay at your house? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he would have just not responded. How would you have responded if he would have just said, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be going, like, ignored the first part. And he, he, he just delete that from your brain. And he just said, hey, do you mind if I stay with you for a couple of days before I start this uh, life ride thing? 
Yeah, I would say no. Oh, you would still say no? I don't no. know. I don't know him. Like, I've had, I've been at a dinner at a big restaurant with, like, a big table of people with him once. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had dinner at his house once. Yeah. And he was there. And I think that's the only time I've ever even Meanwhile, you're weird. bringing home a guy who steals your underwear. You know. Well, I, I got something out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm thinking of just not responding. Well, do why don't you just say like, "Hey, listen, I, I, you know, I live with this is true. I live with roommates. Uh, my landlord's just had a baby. Okay, yeah, and uh, and it, it would just be very difficult in, in, in a position because it's not really my house. Yeah. Okay. So respond. Do you think responding is good? Yeah. I feel like not responding has already been a clear response, but. No, I know. You're right. I know. And what's usually, uh, usually I'm a person who's big on like, you have to respond and you know, they deserve a response, but somebody wrote me an email and I haven't responded. So I, I have not, I'm, so I'm in no position. Yeah. I would still say respond and I'll probably eventually yeah. respond to this other person too. Yeah. I, I should respond. You're right. Um, I just say no, like, just be a pussy about it. I feel like if I'm like, um, well, my house isn't good. You should donate $5 blah, blah, blah. to that campaign. And be like, one dollar. Uh, yeah, like one dollar or something. And be like, yeah, well, there you go. Never mind. <laughs> I did. I chose um, the other one. I just feel like if I'm like, no, I don't. My house isn't an option because of all these other reasons, not because I don't want you at my house. Like it might leave the door open for him to keep begging. Yeah, who are these people? Stuff. And it's, I mean, it's nice. It's not exactly selfish right they're mm. benefiting other people I, f- I actually feel like the AIDS life cycle is on the selfish side I do of too. these sort of things because you're raising money so that you can have the support in the ride it's a big party you get meals yeah you have a great time um I don't know after cost how much this thing actually pulls in but and also, I'm not much, shitting on it. I, I'm saying literally, I do not know. I'm as, not saying like. As I've mentioned in other episodes, I'm a big proponent of doing big research into the organizations you don't need to. And I would love to know how much of the, I know you you fight with me on this. How much of the money actually goes to? And I'm not saying that they shouldn't pay people. I'm just saying where. Let me, let me rephrase the, the, what I'm going to say. I would love to know where the money's going. Yeah, and make me an, too. and make an evaluation based on that. Be- I think that is fine. Because if, if most of the money is going to the Fakakta party that they have in, in Long Beach, then I'm not going to be right. a big fan of that. Right, exactly. I think where you and I argue over that, it's when, like, we go into, like, percentage of pay or whatever. That's when. We don't argue about it, but I don't feel like getting into it right now. I think you and I agree okay. more than you think we do. Okay. Uh, what else is up with you? Well, I want to make one more point. This is similar to, I just read an article today, as you know, as I love to cook. I'm also a foodie, right? And uh, I would say my two specialties are Mexican food, obvi, and also we don't really talk about it here like grilling and smoking meats and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And there's very, very, very like hipster, high end uh, meat place called Bel Campo Meats. They have one downtown. They have one in Santa Monica. Okay. Okay. And I just read this article about how they're going to have meat camp. In August, mm-hmm. and there's different meat camps, okay? Okay. Where they're gonna, you know, you go up to Mount Shasta and you have your own private like yurt or something like that. 
Oh, you actually stay there. You stay there for three days, and they just teach you all about cooking different meats and how to do them and how to smoke them and how to do that stuff, right? Oh, my God. I would love to go to this, right? I would just yeah, love to go to it in general. Do we need to talk about how in August one of the camps is gay meat camp? <gasps> for gay men? Are you going? I want to go. Mike, here's the only thing, though. It's like $4,000. Holy shit. Right? Why is it so much? I mean... Room and board. Condoms. <laughs> Lube. Condoms. And then by extra, you know, like, salamis, because people are going to be like, uh, all right, who used a salami again last night? You know? Do you think they're going to play, play hide the salami and all those dumb games that you will the game in? No. Do you think that the quality of the man that goes to that is going to be, like, super sexy, though? I... Who's going to meet camp? <laughs> You know, they're all going to look at me. But here's the thing. Maybe by then I'll have the dad bod. Maybe I'll be in dad bod stage by uh, by August. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then also uh, I'll just grow a big fucking fat beard. And um, and then I'll Fit be – yeah, I, th- I, I think it's one of the people who wears beard, who has a beard and wears a leather apron. You have your private yurt though? You wouldn't have to share with nope, anyone? No, we don't share. That's well, look, nice. for 4000 fucking dollars for three days, I better have my own private like yurt. <laughs> Right, that's a lot of money, actually. It is, but that's but, but the I point mean, I'm making is: what if I, Mike, all of a sudden I hit you up and I was like, Mike, obviously you know the plight of people who don't have quality smoked meats. That's why I am going to Mount Shasta for private gay meat camp, and I want you to donate to this. That's different. That's a little different, but how so? Because that's after. All is said and done, you're the only person that benefits. Mm-hmm. Where AIDS Life Cycle, at least um, San Francisco, I think it's like San Francisco AIDS Foundation or something. Uh, Look, let's, let's be honest. I really just want to find a way to cram in this gate meat camp story. <laughs> Dude, what's up with you in LA? Any other stories? Or was that one of your stories? No, that wasn't one of my stories. Okay. I read an article. Phew! <laughs> <laughs> So, have you ever heard of a night market, Mike? Um, no, I haven't. I guess it's this thing they do in Southeast Asia. I can't tell you which country. I want to say Thailand, but I, I feel like other countries do it as well. Where just big, basically, is like a a big street fair. People sell food, and they have you know vend. I, I don't, I don't know what it's like. I've seen videos of it in Asia, but obviously, people focus on the food. I'm sure they have other people selling their crafts and wares and stuff like that, and then people just hang out. You know, cool. So they've replicated here in Los Angeles. And when they did it in uh, the San Gabriel Valley, which is a very, very, very concentrated Asian um, area, it was so popular, it like they had to like shut it down two hours in because they couldn't take any more people when they first did it. And so they've since, you know, managed that and they've worked it out. And now the L.A. one's gotten so huge, they opened an Orange County version. Cool. And so the first one was this past weekend, and I really wanted to go. I wanted to see what this night market thing was all about. Now, there's a group of people that I know that in the course of doing this show, I haven't really mentioned them because I haven't really seen them. Um, but, Mike, are you aware of the Nerd Herd? Um, No. Okay. So that's not the best buy people, right? No, I feel I've been using this nerd herd term since like 2008, I want to say. Okay. And uh, that's when I first met them. And uh, the nerd herd, uh, I tutored one of the guys in the nerd herd. 
Okay. Okay. And then I, in the course of tutoring him, I really, really liked him. I thought he was really, really funny. And so I became his friend. And then I got to meet his friends, the rest of the nerd herd. Okay. And the reason I bring them up is they're literally every member of the nerd herd, like so fucking brilliantly smart, like, like blind, blindingly smart, you know, like the part where you're like, whoa, you're a fucking smart person, right? And like super funny. So yes, they're significantly younger than I am, but I never feel like when I hang out with Cameron, it feels like I'm hanging out with a 21 year old, right? These guys are in their mid-twenties now. But when I hang out with the nerd herd, I really do feel like I'm talking to someone my age. Okay? So th- not that they – so they seem older, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because they're so smart. Like they can have an extensive conversation with you about the conflict in the Middle East and be know way more about it than you do. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're just really involved in that stuff. Like Jack, one of the members of the nerd herd – was in some way one of those people involved with, um, remember the, the Arab Spring? Yeah. He was somehow remotely involved in that. Okay. okay. So they're like just super, super smart about international politics and international things and just about everything in general. So, but you know, in the course, I know I tutored these kids in high school and they go off to college and they go their separate ways. And then in the past month or two, they've all just come back. So the nerd herd is back together, okay? okay? There's Jack, there's Kobe, and there's Peterson. There's also the guy named Cahill, but he doesn't count anymore. He doesn't exist anymore. So Jack, Peterson, and Cahill, they're all weird, and I think I'll be seeing them a lot more in the future. So we're introducing now new catching-up characters who will be important okay. parts of the show, okay? Uh-huh. So I hung out with Jack, Peterson, and Kobe. Uh, at the night market. At the night market. They went with me. So that's just a setup to introduce these people. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Jack, uh, who's kind of like, I would say, like, they're all, actually, Kobe's good looking too, but Jack's the best looking one. He's kind of like, um, who's the kid who played Mark Zuckerberg? Um, yeah. Whatever that kid's name is. You know what I'm talking about in the social network. Yeah. And then, uh, he was there with his Persian girlfriend, Sarah. I like <laughs> I hear girl. I thought I you like name. said something wrong and you were like editing it, gonna add, leave space to edit. Uh-huh. So I was like, what did he say? <laughs> no. <laughs> I couldn't remember I couldn't remember the girls' names. And then Peterson was there with his girlfriend So Wong or something like that. She's super like barely speaks English Asian. And then Kobe was okay. just there. And uh we go to this so we all agree to meet at the night market, okay? Um it was so packed, Mike. Why did it take me half an hour to get in? Hmm. Half an hour? To get inside of a place? Okay. Okay. So we all meet up at the this night market. Now, there were a lot of different food vendors. Okay? But it was so crowded. You had to stand in these long lines to get any food. Okay? Um, Where was it at? It was at the Orange County Fairgrounds. Oh, cool. Do we need to talk about how pretty much, yes, if there were 30, 40 v- food vendors, I would say there were only three types of food. Grilled squid. Like, everybody sold grilled squid on a stick. And, Mike, okay. when I say grilled squid, it was literally, you know, like, imagine a squid, like a, an octopus, essentially, right? Yeah. Imagine how they just take that, an octopus, and just pierce a skewer through it, grill it, and then there you go. Don't they dip it in batter first? No batter. Really? Some of them had batter. The one I ate didn't have batter. They just literally okay. put this, like, uh, sauce on it. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. 
Grill it. Grill it, and then uh, some put some spices on it. I was telling uh, Jack and Kobe, it's essentially just a, a delivery system for sauce and spices. Right. That's all it really is. And then um, different kinds of, like, uh, tofu and uh, strangely a lot of kettle corn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that fit into the whole night market thing. So anyway, we go to this night market. We have a good time. I'm really just telling the story to introduce the, the, the concept of the nerd herd. Yeah. You know? Uh, introduce them as characters because they'll be appearing frequently. We did get us. Have you had a beer slushy? No. Okay, they had those. Uh, like a Slurpee? Yes, kind of? but it's beer. And I thought Jack was like, oh, I've had this in Japan. They're really good. And they were giving out free samples. Mike, I'm going to yeah. tell you something. I thought it was going to be gross. That was pretty good. I would try it. Is it sweet? No, here's what they do. It's actually kind of misleading. So imagine that they pour a cup of beer, but instead of putting ice, right? Uh-huh. They put this, like, slushy that I think I had that's also a beer slushy into the beer. Okay. So it's almost like beer slushy, but the, the ice doesn't dilute the beer. Right. Because it's just beer. So, and it tastes really, it's almost like, it's more foamy. It's almost like a really cold foam, like the foam from a beer. Do you drink it with a straw? I didn't. I just drank it with my mouth. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So basically I had beer slushy, grilled squid. And I watched uh, some people perform Korean music. We were there for a few hours. Anyway, it's time to leave. It's like midnight now. Oh, oh, no. Here's the other thing. So as you're walking through this, like, uh, shopping arena that they have there so you can buy things, buy stupid shit that I wasn't going to buy, someone had set up a booth that said um, the Hug Clinic or Hug something or other, right? And there was a sign there, but the sign was kind of small that said, like, one of you should be the person who works here, and then another person is the the person, the customer, okay? And they had aprons set up, right? And nobody was in. No one was around this, like, hug thing. It's on my Instagram. I forgot what it was called. Like, free hugs or something like that, right? Or hug store. Okay. So the junk, I'm with the nerd herd, and I go, I just go, uh, hold on for a second. I go behind the thing. I put the apron on, and I stand behind the hug thing, and I go... Hey there, sir. How, how you doing? You want to buy? You want to get some hugs here? And the, the prices were, I think, it was like for two compliments, you got a hug, and then for like one compliment, there was a list of things you got for one compliment. Meanwhile, okay. these guys struggled to give me a compliment. <laughs> like Jack, you um, you look really good in that black yeah, t-shirt. I'm not even joking. Joke, uh, <laughs> joke. Jack was um, hmm. <sighs> well, I think it's... Uh, he was thinking of something really nice to say. No, I'm not even something joking. Genuine. I, I think it's really cool that you own the complete Seinfeld series on DVD. <laughs> and I go, that's your compliment? He goes, that's, that's all I got right now. I'm re- I think it's really such a great compliment to give someone that they navigated to Amazon.com yeah. and hit purchase on something. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> Anyway, so the point is, we're doing this, right? And Kobe's taking pictures. Mike, a huge crowd forms of uh-huh. people surrounding me now and taking pictures of me in this. They think I really do work there. Yeah. And they're like, uh, oh, oh, you work here? Oh. And I was like, no, I don't work here. I'm not giving, because all these girls. Why couldn't it be like a cute Asian boy wanted a hug? Yeah, like a hundred of them. Oh, for Oh, my God. If that would have been oh, yeah. I won't say there were some very cute people there. I was. You would have died. 
Yeah. You would have died. Good. But, I'm uh, glad you had a good time. Are you going to go back? Is this a regular thing? They do it uh, once a month for the summer. So there'll be another one in June. I don't know. Here's why not. Do you, If I do, I'm going to take an Uber. Here's why. Do you want to know how long it took me to get out? I'm talking like when I say leave the parking lot, I mean I'm in my car, car on, foot on the brake, waiting to leave the parking lot. Please guess how long it took me to, to exit the parking lot. 30 minutes. One hour. Whoa. One Yeah, that's hour. a little bit too much. I also feel like maybe this is the kind of thing that you do once. Yeah. Like it's not like you have to go back a bunch of times. I'll be honest with you. I'm only going to do it once. I If yeah. I do go, though, I might go like it, it opens at 4. I'll probably go at four. Probably a lighter crowd. Yeah. And I can try the different grilled squids. And maybe you could start parking at like three thirty. No, I, I'm just gonna have Uber drop me off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would go with different people. Uh, no, yeah, I'm gonna go with you with somebody new. Cameron wanted to go, but he had to work. Would so, Cameron get along with these nerd people? He wants to. He's very fascinated by them. He met them briefly on his break. We went. We went for. Uh, we went to. Uh, where Cameron works for, um, well, he worked, went there for, we met for dinner last week, and uh, he met them very briefly in his break. He liked them. Cool. I don't know if they would like Cameron, though, because they, they, they don't suffer fools. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, they would be like, Bibi Netanyahu, right? And Cameron would be like, who's Bibi Netanyahu? What? You know? And then they'd be like, It would be like the Winklevoss twins wanting to hang out with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm trying to. I'm, yeah. I'm really trying to stretch all my nerd references. Yeah. What's going on with you in the Bay Area? Um, Joey, listen to this. My, <laughs> you know that my boss's last day was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What did you end up doing for him? I got him a picture frame thing and made some graphic thing, whatever. But I have an interim executive director over me now. We get along. It's good. All is good. But I have been brushing up my LinkedIn profile, making sure my graphic design portfolio is up to date and nice and stuff. And whatever. I made some changes on LinkedIn and added the URL for my uh, design portfolio and stuff, right? So I'm not looking to leave my organization, but I'm open to leaving now. Things are, you know, just in flux and whatever. So, like, if I were to leave, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And I'd be open to finding other things, right? Um, so I'm keeping my eyes open. Um, there's the old adage that the best time to look for a job is when you have one so that you aren't, you know, desperate and take a job you don't want or whatever, right? So yesterday, Joey, I'm in bed at 6 a.m., and I get a text, and that's an odd hour to get a text, so I actually grab my phone and look at it, and it's from my old boss. He wants to know if you can donate to the AIDS life cycle. <laughs> it's from my old boss, and the text message says, just a heads up, Mike has updated his LinkedIn, and I see that he has a new online portfolio. I don't think he understands it's visible to the public. Like, clearly that text was meant to go to somebody else, right? Yeah. But it also made me feel like shit. Like, I don't know, kind of hurtful. He's talking behind my back, whatever. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I don't think he understands it's visible. Bitch, mm -hmm. I know social media. Like, it's not a crime to update your your LinkedIn profile. Like, I actually think it's really good advice to tell people to always have it kind of updated so that you're never in a place where you have to go in and do big overhauls, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, so I 
kind of bit my tongue. I wanted to be like, respond and say, like, just a heads up. Manny thinks Mike doesn't know how LinkedIn works, but I don't oh, think yeah. he understands that his texts that he sends to Mike can, are visible to him or something like that. Yeah. But instead, I just responded. I was like, you sent this to Mike, and I am aware that it's public. <gasps> <laughs> so he apologized, but it feels weird. Like, am I overreacting? Like, I feel like, I don't know, hurt. You're asking way. the wrong person because I think against a lot of better advice, I often will write cunty things to people to to win those situations when the probably the best thing to do is take the high road yeah you know i will often take advantage of the situation to be super cunty to somebody so you're asking the wrong queen on this one he apologized he said like um sorry he also said i don't think i said anything inappropriate i'm just sorry that i sent you a message that was supposed to go to somebody else now let me ask you this question i mean didn't he leave this company what the fuck does he care well, I mean, he left a company that he started, so it's it's a like I am his friend, but I feel like the the organization is also like his baby. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but my my new boss actually messaged me later in the day, and she's like, "So Manny sent you a message instead of me, awkward." And then we talked about stuff, so it's just a little bit weird. But um, yeah, that's it. Uh, what like, else is up, bitch? Don't you not work here anymore? Why are you still in my life? <laughs> I would never say that. Um, do you have any th- other things going on? Yeah, so you? listen to this. You know my friend Paul? He, Paul calls me and he goes, and I have these tickets to this play tonight. Do you oh, want to go? I know it's last minute. Do you want to go? I love how you're getting all these tickets. Well, here's the thing, too, because ABC pays for them. Mike, they are like, not only just, they're like phenomenal seats. <laughs> They're yeah. like $150 tickets, you know, that I get. So anyway, uh, so he goes, I go, what's the play? I go, I'm going to go. I don't care. But what's the play? And he goes, oh, it's called Immediate Family, and it's directed by Ms. Felicia Rashad. And I'm like, you had me at Felicia Rashad. <laughs> I'm in. And he, she's not in it, but just that sultry woman, you know? Ms. Felicia yeah. Rashad. My, j- by the way, Paul did not say Ms. Felicia Rashad. I added that. Okay. Okay. So it, he goes, I go, what's it about? He goes, oh, it's like a black guest who's coming to dinner. Uh, it's about a black family. Uh, and uh, there's a wedding going on. And um, the black son comes home, but he brings home his white boyfriend. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. So I go, oh, sounds good. So uh, I didn't want to pay for parking by the music center because it can get very expensive. It was at the Mark Taper Forum display. Yeah. And uh, I Race, go, sexuality, and religion are on the menu as this modern family meets. Guess who's coming to dinner in this timely and important American play? You know what? That's a really good descri- description. Modern family meets guess who's coming to dinner because it's, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Dramedy, we should say. So uh, I didn't want to park. So I want to park in Chinatown and I take a lift. Over to uh, this to Mark Taper, right? Because the lift five bucks. You don't have to pay twenty bucks for parking. Right. Well, and why I'm do all... you choose Lyft over Uber? Response time, or I just I hate the company Uber. I think it's a gross, gross. Company. Oh, so you're just not a Uber user at all anymore? No. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So anyway, so then um, this really cute black guy named Calvin picks me up in the lift, right? Yeah. Like Mike. Like, Tay Diggs, hot. 
Okay. Clearly an actor, right? And you're like, uh, I'm like, hello. Guess where I'm going? I was going to a play. What are we doing now? Right? Mm-hmm. And um, so he goes, uh, well, yeah, where are, you, where are you going? I go, we're going to go see a play. He goes, oh, I'm an actor. What's the play? I go, it's called Immediate Family. He's you like, know? I'm in it. I'm just uh, oh, doing a great? couple of rides. You know, oh, my God, I'm in that. I'm on my way over there now that I picked somebody up on my way to the, the show. So uh, he goes, oh, uh, what's it about? And it's this thing now. It reminds me of when I was in grade school. And we had one black girl in the class, Mary Catherine Hawkins. And whenever we talked about Civil War, no one would look at her. Yeah. You know? Because they were embarrassed, ashamed, their white shame. I was Mexican, so I'd look at her the whole time. Yeah. And I uh, just stare at her. Wouldn't it be weird if no one... I, I'm just staring at her. Like, <laughs> everyone's staring straight ahead during the Civil War talk, but I'm staring at her. Like the They whole say time. the word slavery in your head just like snaps to her yeah and i look at her and then she's uncomfortable and she just starts like writing and then she looks up and i'm still staring at her <laughs> even later like she's at lunch and she's eating like she lifts up her sandwich and i'm across the playground staring at her and all the other kids are playing basketball around me and i'm just standing in the basketball court just staring at her so the were oh, okay. you unable so goes, to say anything about race to the lift driver he goes what's it about and I go, um, it's about this What's family. What's the big deal? Yeah, what, 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 it's about this family. Oh, anybody famous in it? I go, no, 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 no one famous is in it. Just it was directed by Felicia Rashad. I, that's my hint. Like, it's directed by Felicia. He, he goes, I go, oh, it's a, it's like uh, I guess who's coming to dinner? A son brings his uh, his gay. I have no problem with the gay thing. His son yeah. brings his gay his boyfriend home. Oh, that's cool. Anybody famous in him? I'm like, no, but it was directed by Felicia Rashad. <laughs> and he goes, he's not Cosby up. show. And I oh, go, good. Yep. He knew. Yeah. 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 And I go, yep. Did you know her sister is Debbie Allen? Yes, I did know that because I, I don't know why I remember this, but in the early season of the Cosby show, before she married Ahmad Rashad, is she still married to Ahmad Rashad? Um, I don't, yeah. Oh. No, they broke up in 2011. Oh. Oh, no, 2001. 2001. Oh, okay. Oh, she's over it then. But uh, her name was Felicia Ayers Allen before, and then she got married to Ahmad Rashad. And then she was Felicia Rashad, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like, it was directed by Felicia Rashad. And, you know, you know and from the like, Cosby show. She was the in that Cosby movie for show. Colored Girls. Yeah. She did the movie version of A Raisin in the Sun. Yeah. You remember <laughs> her, right? He was like, oh. You know he was like this racist fucker. Yeah. Can't tell me black person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's kind of like, don't you ever have great – it's almost always women – in my life anyway, that want to tell me that they're an LGBT ally. And they'll be like, yeah, I have this, like, one really good friend. They don't want to say, like, I have this good gay friend because that's too explicit and direct. So they'll be like, yeah, he's awesome. Um, He just loves Lady Gaga, Mm -hmm. listens to a lot of Lady Gaga. You know the type, that kind of type? Yeah, you know that type? You know the type? uh, He knows every show tune. Yeah. Anything. You know, call me yeah. madam, high button shoes, and you can throw any show at him. Yeah. He's going to I have this it. friend, he's like really awesome, but he like just counts every calorie he eats and like yeah. doesn't 
he just really cares about his body a lot and like not even dating anyone but like always in the gym i I have this guy he's one of the people he loves to suck dick (laughs) do you know those types of guys loves it can't get enough dick in his mouth (laughs) anyway so we go to this so he drops me off i go to this play i gave him five stars by the way yeah you did yeah i did and uh so we go to this play and um we're in the audience and there are a lot more african american people in the audience than you would expect why okay um because you know because here's the deal boring plays in la are usually old people old, old white, white people, people. Yeah. right but i i should i should say the ages were varied too so it was a wide range of people okay but a lot of, a lot, there were also old white people there. Like, you know, the crazy old theater people too. Like there's one woman who was like dressed crazy with purple hair, you know? Yeah. 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 A, a lot of those. In like a tunic. Yeah. And yes, like, exactly. Really big beads on her like necklace. Yeah, exactly. You're right. No, you got it. You nailed it. But now there's a lot more African-American people, which is great. Right. I'm, I'm happy with that. Right. I'm going to tell you something. So I'm I'm curious to know what your reaction would have been to this, right? So the play is happening, and it's it's a it's a it's a play written by an African American man mm-hmm. about an African American family, and it's very African American. And before I know this is not a review show, but I should let you know because it, I should. The play is actually wonderful, and if it comes to San Francisco, Mike, I think you should definitely catch it. Okay. And anybody, if you live in LA, go see this play. I think it's so funny. It's so good, and it act because you know. Yeah, if I can get free tickets, I'm there, Joe. <laughs> I have a friend like yours that's going to get me in. Yeah, but even if you get the shitty tickets, I mean, you don't need to be close for this play, you know? So anyway, and I'm sure they have these rush things, you know, you yeah. show up at $20 before you know, walk in. So anyway, uh, Mike, you know, just get yourself a, a friend who just buys tickets and just invites you all the time. I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> so, um, but it's a play, right? And so usually, like, when I the last play I went to go see with Paul was at the Mark Taper Forum, same theater, and it was an Arthur Miller play about white people fighting about money, right? Mm-hmm. You could have heard a fucking pin drop in this play, the first one, right? Like, someone, like, unzipped a purse, and you're like, shh, you know? It was yeah. so loud, remember? My, my kind of thing. Yeah. This play, right? Uh-oh. People would say things, and it'd be a lot of, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, and I was like, yes, this is a great play. You know, like, could it be like, well, why don't you tell him how your dad just walked out on you? And you'd be like, ooh, child, you tell him, child, you tell him. And I was like, wow, I love this. Now, how would you, so the reason I bring it up, because I loved it. How would you feel about going to a theater where there are a lot of that going on? I don't, I don't know. I would have to, I think I would have to, like, live through it to see. There is something like, when I go to a movie, and it's, let's say, um, I went to Cinderella, for example, the the motion picture Cinderella that just mm-hmm. happened, right? Yeah. Um, I went to that, and it w- there were a lot of kids, and there were, like, kid conversations. There was a kid to the side of us that was asking questions a lot. I'm in a kid movie. I feel mm-hmm. okay with kids doing the thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you expect? I'm not going to, like, Schindler's List and, like, there's kids there that are talking that would make me mad. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I go to this and like expect that out of the crowd that's there, I would be okay. Do you follow my kind of logic? Yeah, because people were doing that. I was fine with it. There was a woman sitting next to me and Paul and um, this, it was a crazy old white couple. Mm-hmm. They would have full conversations. I would say between scenes, but still shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, he told her that the guy is from Sweden. I don't know why my dad's. I was going to say, your dad, dad was there? I know. <laughs> right? Then, and Paul and I were flabbergasted. Mike, in the middle of the, again, I told you, Paul's tickets are amazing. We're like third row back. Yeah. You know? And in the center. It's like third row center. And in the middle of this play, Mike, so the people, the actors are like 10 feet from us. The woman like takes out her purse. Mike, this isn't close to the end of the play, nor is it the beginning. This is the middle of the play. Takes out her purse, is rifling through her purse. Uh huh. And takes out lipstick. And starts, <laughs> like very, like, aus- aus- I'm not auspiciously, very conspicuously, like putting on, um, lipstick. Are you like, sure just, it was like, a chapstick? No, it was lipstick. Because Paul looked at me and goes, Paul, like, elbowed me. I was like, look at this. And it's like ruby red lipstick that she's putting in her mouth. It's like, <laughs> like making herself pretty. And you're like, what is going on? What is she doing? She can't, what do you need lipstick on in the middle of a play for? That's kind of funny. How would you feel about that? <laughs> would you tell her something? No, I wouldn't say anything. Would you? Okay. I didn't. I just yeah, made I mean looks to her. Yeah, I would just hate her silently. Yeah, because it's distracting me. Because now I'm seeing in the left corner of my eye, I'm seeing uh, this lipstick thing going on. Anyway, the play was good. A lot of mm-hmm. And, oh, child, you didn't, you know. Which was I, which I think heightened the experience. But I wanted to know what your experience was, would be. There you go. Um, any news stories you want to talk about? Yes, Mike. And actually, you're going to have a lot to say about this topic. Um, a hug from Disneyland's Pluto sent a boy to the hospital, according to his mom. A woman claims her young son was injured at Disneyland when Pluto gave the boy an overly aggressive hug. Lori Ramirez said that her eight-year-old son, Ethan, was so severely injured by a hug from Pluto that he had to go to the hospital for muscle strain. The family was visiting the theme park on Thursday when Ethan approached the anthropomorphic dog for a hug, which his mother caught on video. You can see the actor grab and pick up the boy, then put him down and pat him on the head. When the actor moves to pick Ethan up, it looks like Ethan is bent backwards. Lori said her son began to cry and complain about being in pain after the hug, and that park employees instructed her to go to the first aid station. I'm going to stop right there. I read the rest. The rest of it is just... I'm going to tell you something. Did you see this video? I did. What's funny is I saw that in my like morning news kind of cycle that I... Um, do this morning. So I actually watched a video, and then when we went to record, I saw that that was your news story. So I've already so, seen it, yeah. So what did you think of the video? I'm very curious. For those of you, you played Pluto, correct? No, I played, I'm taller oh. than that. Pluto is like five seven five eight. So I oh, was okay. goofy. I played Goofy. Goofy? Yeah. And um, not Pooh, though, right? Not Pooh, no. I, was, I did uh, Tigger, which is oh. also taller. Okay. Look, so, I saw the video. Let's. The kid could have totally gotten hurt. I don't. I don't think that it's fair for us to say. Oh, you agree? No, no. I don't think that it's fair though for us to say like this kid is faking. I don't think it's fair. All of that. Um, there's stuff on the internet saying that maybe this family has done stuff like this before, which would I think change my opinion a little bit if that becomes true. Um, but I mean. Pluto picked the kid up, which is totally against the rules. You're oh, is that supposed, against the rules? Yeah, really? you're not. Spo- I'll bet you that that Pluto doesn't work there anymore. 
Well, they, well, they don't say what, but they said a spokesperson for Disney told TMZ, I'm sorry, that's not where Lori said a representative from Disneyland visited him at the hospital, offered to pick up the bill, and bought them El Pollo Loco. They also informed her that the actor who gave the aggressive hug had been disciplined. Yeah. I'm sure discipline was in place. Like, he or she clearly broke policy. You're not supposed to pick up a kid. Um, and I, I do feel, though, like, if it's just back strain and they picked up the hospital bill, cool. But then to sue them because, like, your life is now ruined because of this back strain, I think that that might be a little bit over the edge. But I don't think a lot of people successfully sue Disney. That's what so, I was going to say. This this woman yeah. picked the wrong company to yeah. sue. <laughs> they don't – because, you know, a lot of companies, as you know, will just settle because they don't want to – Fight. Deal with the. They don't want to fight the headache. They don't want to deal with anything. They. It's. It's cheaper for them to just settle. Yeah. Disney doesn't do that. Right. Well, I feel like Disney has become the target because of because of um, exceptional customer service. People, you know, have been given an inch, so they try to take the mile. So I feel like Disney has gotten wise to that, and they've they they don't take lawsuits like this just lying down they're not they won't settle they'll fight it so um i don't i worry though like if shit like this keeps happening like i worry what's next like are we gonna maybe see a day where pluto can't touch children at all like why even have them out there do you know what i mean like yeah that sucks that that could be the next thing like um maybe just removing that from the park altogether so you could see characters in a parade only or from from afar, that would suck. Yeah. But, um, yeah. In the video, she talks to him in this. Cause afterwards, he seems fine. After like immediately, he's like clapping yeah. and shit. And see, and then, I I saw uh, that, and I and I see a lot of people being like, "Look at the kid right after he didn't say ow, he didn't cry, whatever." But like, think of you as a kid, and like Pluto does something and it hurts you. You're not like, I don't know that you're necessarily gonna make a big deal about it right there. Yeah, the I, other thing too, as a ch- I'm just trying to remember being a child. Yeah, and um, I, I many it, it, years ago, so long ago, <laughs> right? Um, but I'm trying to think if I would have gotten any kind of injury like that, it, I wouldn't have clocked it until so long afterwards that I wouldn't have been able to, as a child to pinpoint I got it from this. I wouldn't have that cause and effect part of my brain. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah, I I agree with you probably, but I don't know that saying like this family like he's been coached or anything like that is necessarily helpful well you're helpful what's going on in the bay area um joey i wanted to tell you about you know sidecar do you guys have sidecar yeah. in la um we do have sidecar yes but no one so sidecar is a lot like um uber it's a lot like lyft um they'll also pick up packages for you and deliver them uh that's kind of something that's different so your next sidecar, Joey, could be carrying more than the passengers and parcels. The ride-sharing company announced that it is teaming with local cannabis service, Meadow, to bring same-day weed deliveries to medical marijuana patients in San Francisco. The new service will reportedly fulfill orders through the Apothecarium Dispensary. Packages, package deliveries already constitute about 10% of sidecar's ride volume in San Francisco. However, carrying cannabis possesses a number of unique challenges, such as ensuring that the person taking uh, delivery is the same person that placed the order. 
What do you think about that? Look, here's the thing. We're clearly moving to a place where marijuana will be legal in the next 10 to 20 years. Just completely legal. Maybe even sooner. Okay. It's already legal in a couple of states. Okay. So just chill out. Don't try and push things so fast. Like, you know, because then what, what I feel like this raises the hairs in the back of the head of people who are like probably reluctantly allowing it to uh, become legal. Yeah. You know, and they're like, they're just going to let it slide. But now you're going to make them fight this. Now you're going to have your, because now essentially what you're doing is you're flaunting that what's going on here. Because it's technically not legal in California. It's it basically, come on, for all intents and well, purposes, no. it's no, legal no, no. in California. It is legal in California. It's not technically legal in the United States. That's the. No, no, but it's not. No, but hold on. Legal, what I mean by it's, it's quote unquote for medical purposes in California. It's not, you just can't just buy it. Oh, right, right, right. It. But know? medical marijuana is legal. Yeah, and it's a joke. I mean, any anybody can go and get the medical marijuana card. It's a sure. joke. Well, I think the point is not that oh, it's such a joke that anyone can get a card. It's that medical marijuana is like pretty harmless, and anybody can benefit from a little bit of weed. Yeah, I think that that's what it is. Yeah. So the point is, though, just like why do you have like seriously? You have to have like now you're gonna do this thing where you're delivering weed to people. Like just wait till it's legal. I don't know. It just seems so dumb. It just seems. Like, I'm not against it. Go ahead and do it. But then when you have, like, people like the Ted Cruz is going, like, or, you know what? More like a Mike Huckabee going, like, oh, look at this. Look what's happening here. They're having, like, even in crazy California now, they have weed delivery services. And then people get upset. And then the end of the world is coming. And it's like, then when you don't bitch about it then when you when that happens. I think it makes perfect sense, though, because or it makes perfect sense that people who want to make money are headed in this direction because this is kind of like untapped money at this point. Like there's no, there's been no way to legally make money off of weed. Do you know what I mean? So now people who do parcel delivery, they're like, Oh, there's weed. And there, this is like a new market to tap into. So I think that makes sense. Well, I'm all about, you know, tapping in new markets, but like, like for instance, I don't know the sidecar does this officially, but there's an app. I just downloaded the app, but it's not, really that good yet um i can't remember what the name of the app is called but it's basically like um the way uber started out or lyft actually the way lyft started out uh but for packages for delivering packages so you could post on there like hey i need to get this box of weed (laughs) to santa monica right and then uh if i look on the map and go like oh wait i'm going to santa monica today i pick it up and i'll charge you eight dollars or something and you can do it and so I downloaded it because I drive all over the place all the time. Sure. So if I can make gas money just, yeah. you know, doing something, I'm already going to go there anyway. Or even anyway. half gas money. Like that's half half of the money you were going to spend anyway. Yeah. Oh, you're going to – you need something to go over there? I can totally do this on the way, you know? And I would t- – but right now the well, – here's the thing. This goes to another topic is I got the app, but to log into it, they want you to, to log in with your Facebook account. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I took it off my phone. Okay. Because they started doing that thing where they go through your phone and now all my old grinder tricks are appearing on my yeah, Facebook. That happened to me too. You know, like fuck. Did this. we talk about that phone. on here? I don't know. I think I feel like that was one of my news stories, maybe. Yeah, I took it off my fucking phone. It was creepy as fuck. You can always tell who's gay married too, because I say that and they go like, Oh really? Because they're not on grinder. Yeah. Yeah. 
To, wouldn't it be just wonderful if our lives never touched Grinder? I would be such a better human. I know, but you know when I was sick recently? Uh, whenever I'm sick, I go back on these uh, scruff or grinder when I'm scruff. Ew. Yeah. What? It's because of boredom? I feel yeah, like when I'm, I'm sick, bored. that's the last thing I want to do is to talk to another person. Let well, alone talking, like just... the stupid small talk where you're like, what do you do? Here's the thing. I'm really good at it. I'm yeah. so good at it. So good. It just takes a lot of energy for me. So I guess it's easier for you maybe? Yeah, but when I, but the second I'm done being sick, I'm like, I took it off my phone already. Like yeah. when I'm, I'm like, oh, I have better things to do than be on here. Just when I'm sick, though, I'm like, ugh. Especially I couldn't talk, so like a way to communicate anyway. But, uh, but and then you also quickly find out like how lame it is. Like ninety percent of the people are lame on that. Yeah. Oh my god. Lame. I think what was so depressing to me and lame was that I would like. I had Grinder, and then, like, I dated RK, and then I put it back on my phone after RK, like, a year later, and it's the same fucking group of people. It's the same people. Like, oh, God. It's the and same I mean, fucking I'm people. the same person. I'm the same person. I'm not judging. I'm saying, like, I'm judging the app, not the people. It's just, like, ugh, the same group of people that are around me. Yeah, but I remember on this most recent go-around, right, this guy messaged me, and before I looked at his message on his profile... It said, like, you know, well, how old I am, bubbity boo, bitty bee, right? And it goes like, and it, but on the little profile, on the message part, it said info. It was like, hey, listen, uh, if you're going to talk to me, know how to have a conversation, you know? Uh, I don't respond to just like, hey, or what's up, or, you know, have something to say if you're going to talk to me. I was like, yeah. okay. I, I find that, I way. actually find that very, I feel like, say more than hey is annoying, because like, I don't want to like have a, my first message would be like, hello, my name is Mike, and this is all about me. And then you're like, not interested, or whatever. So I'm like, uh, I think it's totally acceptable to start with hey. And I don't start with hey. I always have something. If I, if, in other words, if I can't think of something clever to say to the person based on their profile, I'm not going to talk to them. Yes. Okay. But here's the thing. I go to his message. You've already messaged him. It says hey. <sighs> he messaged so, you? Hey. He messaged me? And just, <laughs> hey. <laughs> And I go, I told them, I called them, I go, listen, don't write on your profile that you don't write hey to you and then write hey to me. Of course, he didn't yeah. respond. Well, that's like no fats and femmes, and then it's like Ginger Minge messaging me. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's always the funny thing. No fats or femmes. And it's like the fattest, femmiest guy ever. You're right. I, I feel like being, being so open about like know this, know that. Right off the bat, is it's just kind of ugly. Like, I don't want to talk to any type of person, or you must approach me with this sort of way. I feel like it's just too aggressive. You're on a fucking I agree. I agree. hookup app. You're on if you're, Grindr. If, just be open-minded and say hello when someone says hi back to you, and that's it. It's just more like just say, use your profile to say, this is who I am, and then people can take or leave it. Why do you have to say, don't be this, don't be that? Yeah. I hate, these are the type of people I hate. Yeah. Like, why would you put that in the limited space you have? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, limited space, you're going to spend it on, I don't want to be judged, but let me judge everybody else before you even talk to me. Let me judge everyone else that I haven't even met yet. Yeah, that I haven't even met. I haven't even met them, and I'm judging them. I'm going to judge them right now. Yeah, it's gross. By Do the way, this, a... this stemmed from a story about a weed delivery app. <laughs> really, everything in life goes back to grinder. In one way or another. It really does.
Do you have any uh, stories from LA? Don't you have one more that you want to talk about? Yeah, I sure do, Mike Lawson. Venice Beach wants to allow topless bathing at the beach. The Venice Neighborhood Council approved a motion that would ask the LA City Council to let ladies be topless at the beach. The LA Times reports that the neighborhood organization voted in favor of the motion to show that it supports women being afforded the same rights as men to sunbathe topless. The agenda for the meeting where the vote was held pointed out that Venice is supposed to be like Venice, Italy. And in Europe, people are totally cool with topless bathing. This is so... I don't... I read this story already, Joey. Yeah, sure. Um, I knew you were going to do it. And in mm-hmm. my head, I was like, wait, I wonder if it's for men and women. Or I don't know why I didn't... Use, men are always topless at the beach. Yeah. This is This is my privilege coming forward. I was like, wait, women want to be the same as me? They should let men be bottomless. So Do you want to see a guy's junk just trolling around on the beach? I don't really why so wait, topless women like why do we do that? Like why do why must a woman cover her nipples and a man doesn't? Like why I don't is know. it the I thing? think it's so stupid. Here's the deal. I'm gonna tell you something, and people don't believe me when I tell this to straight friends. Yeah. You could ask about any woman that we know. Any woman. Any woman that we know. Okay? I could not tell you how big their boobs are. They could be tiny or they could be huge. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't notice boobs at all. So in my world, yeah, go ahead and be topless. I'm not going to even notice that you're topless. I just, I feel like if anyone wants to go topless, I'm okay with it. What is the, is this like controversial at all? Are people like. I'm sure people will be super upset. Not in Venice though. I don't know. You're going to be, you know, the thing with Venice though, it has a lot of tourists, you know? Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there are like these tourists who uh, are, you know, from the South, you know, who are like, I brought my kids and I didn't want them to see these big mamma jammas while, you know, walking around the beach. And then I saw them, you know, and I'm really upset about this. Yeah. By the way, the Euro tourists will give a shit. They won't even right. notice. They probably will want to go topless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I think oh, I'm all for topless beaches. I don't think I would, like, go out of my way to uh, go to a topless beach. No. Because every beach is a topless beach to yeah. me. Yeah. But I'm trying to think now, how would I feel, though, if, if they told men they had to cover up? Right. You have to wear a, a bikini top? Yeah. Every I'd be, like, upset. To... God, some just not see some of these, you know, beautiful shirtless men? Yeah. Um, Joey, I have a story I want to tell you about. Sure, tell me. San Francisco demands McDonald's clean up drug activity at this hate location. So, San Francisco City Attorney Tuesday sent a letter to the McDonald's Corporation complaining about its restaurant at the corner of Haight and uh, Stanion Street. Uh, he basically said that the uh, the illegal activity is out of control, drug dealing, other legal stuff. You guys need to get it together. Um, according to the letter, the police have received 1,100 calls since January 2012. from, And that's about drug sales, fights, assaults, auto burglaries, etc. And it's more calls than any other business in the area. Um, also, the drugs confiscated by police at this property include LSD, um, hashish, marijuana, etc., and drug use near this McDonald's and in the east end of Golden Gate Park across the way has been a problem for a long time. So 
uh, it's inter- this story is interesting to me because my initial reaction was like, wait, the police are upset that people are calling the police about crime? <laughs> like, Yeah, they don't want to be bugged about this. You, you got one job, and that's to like... Do... Like they're, bu- they're busy killing black people. They don't not... have time to go fight crime. It's not... I mean, they do in San Francisco have time to do... Like, your job is, is to do this. This is cutting in the quality kill black people kind that they have. I don't, you know, they I only have really... eight hours to kill as many black people as possible. I just don't really get that. But then I guess the the response to an argument that... The argument I just made is like, well, it's not SFPD's job to police a private business. Like, on your property, you need to, like police that yourself and then wait wait hold on for a second i need to cut that out say go like on your private part some weird noise happened i don't know if it's gonna be in the recording it's not the san francisco police department's job to police a private property do you know what i mean like i guess i, I could see that being the counter argument yeah but i don't know like they're well i, I mean no wait hold on there's crime going on <laughs> you're gonna need to go on their private property so uh, I, yeah, no, 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 no. You need you need to. Here's the thing. Who's noticing what goes on? Do you ever get when you go to McDonald's? And I know you can do that. I don't go to McDonald's thing. Who cares? When you go to a McDonald's thing, do you really get off and go inside? I don't think I've been inside of McDonald's in like at least two years. Well, McDonald's up here is different. First of all, there's not a lot of them. They're very limited. So there's oh, one really? McDonald's in the city of Berkeley. There's one, and the the McDonald's there is kind of like almost. Imagine like a mix between a public park and uh, the library. A public park, a library with the number of homeless people that are there. Oh, oh, oh! Because okay. it's like open seating. You could sit unlimited. There, you know what I mean. You're not getting harassed. There's, you're not exposed to the elements. So there's a lot of people that hang out at McDonald's. That What's are the big fast food chain there in uh, where you are? Because, you because McDonald's, I would say, is the big one around here. There's no so where I'm at. So, like, in Berkeley, they have very strict laws about letting new chains open um, restaurants here. So, I think there's two jack-in-the-boxes. Yeah, there's not a lot, Joey. Um, mm. There's a few Chipotle's. That one has wedged its way in. But there's a lot of mom-and-pop places, too. You know? Mm. Like, locally-owned, yeah. whatever. But like, anyway. Go ahead. Going back to this, though, like, if... Like, should McDonald's – let's say these people that are causing problems are not actual customers, which I would say is probably pretty likely, right? Like, if – do you feel like McDonald's has to pull, tell people to not do crime? I don't know. I get really – I, I don't know where I stand on this because I feel like it's not really McDonald's job to say, like, get off my – don't sell drugs over here. No, you're right. It's not McDonald's job. That's why they have to go to the police and go, hey, police, people are doing drugs here. You need to, to clean this up. Yeah. In a weird way, I almost feel like, let's say McDonald's did do something, okay? McDonald's has floodlights on every inch of that property. They have um, private security, and they kick all these drug users. It's not like that's going to solve the drug problem. Now those guys are just on the street, or they're in the public park and like spread out and harder. Why doesn't the police try to fix the problem right there because they're all congregated right there. Do you know what I mean? It seems like actually if you're a policeman 
you would go there because that's the easy place to go. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you want to go like because I think you want to show. And this is my I'm guessing here. You want to show your boss that you're bringing bad guys in off the street, right? Yeah. And it's almost like going like if if you're a fisherman and someone tells you tells you, listen, this fishing hole down the street has just a ton of fish. All you got to just do is dip your line in there, and you're just going to catch a bunch of fish, right? Yeah. It seems that easy. Like just oh, yeah. all this crime. I just go there, pick up some perps, and leave. Or imagine like um, another metaphor, like all of the like loose leaves that you have to pick up are all in the yard of McDonald's. What the police department is saying is use a leaf blower and blow them off your property. So now you have leaves all over the neighborhood instead of all in a pile at McDonald's. Like just clean up the pile at McDonald's. Yeah. You know what? You and I need to run the Bay Area. Yeah. Easily. I would rename everything that's Harvey Milk to something else. We're going to you... rename the Bay Area Harvey Milkland. Oh, I bet you will. <laughs> I bet you will. I don't know. So that's happening. What's up with you next week? Any? Stories? I literally have, I have zero plans for next this coming week. Oh, really? But I do want to say something. I do want to say something, though. And this is sparking an interesting discussion. One, I want to say uh, thank you. I forgot to, I forgot to say this a long, so many times. Uh, Lamont Cranston. Listener Lamont Cranston came to town like weeks ago, and I hung out with him and his friend, and yeah, I had a really yeah. good time. Yeah, I forgot too. Something we did we take a week off after that or something? Yeah, I think we took a week off we after that. We talked about something. it, you and I. We just never talked about it on here. Yeah, cool. it, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell a story about something that happened six weeks ago. But he came to town. We went on a little taco tour. He was totally appreciative of the yeah, plans and look, I if made. If any of you are in the LA area on business or vacation. Hit uh-huh. you up. He would love to show you around. Oh, yeah. He'll uh-huh. pay for everything. Mm-hmm. He's just a really sure. good host. There you go. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, and I don't know what, how comfortable you are talking about this, I want to tell you now, and this is a new feature for the show, I now have a show boyfriend. Okay. And what I mean is, we're not boyfriends in real life. I've never met this human being. Never, never had a conversation so. with him. <laughs> huh? Like most of your boyfriends. Like most of my boyfriends. <laughs> I've never met him in real life. And, uh... <laughs> and uh, never had a conversation with them. And uh, anyway, like but most my, of my relationships, they would make an excellent show plot on the TV show Catfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a new uh, show boyfriend. Okay, Mike. This guy started following me on Instagram. Yeah. This uh, Chris DC seventy seven. Are you gonna say his name? It's his Instagram name. Okay. I think it's okay. And uh, so listen to this. He started following me on Instagram. This Chris DC seventy seven. He is so cute, Mike Lawson. Super He's cute. now so like, super cute. So now I'm officially announcing, much to Chris DC seventy seven surprise. How do you um, know he's a podcast person? Be, well, I was started going through. I so I creeped up on him, right? Okay. And I started seeing who he follows. And at first, he was following comedian friend of mine, Chris Frangiola. And I was like, how does he know Chris Frangiola? Right? Yeah. I have no idea to this day why he follows Chris Frangiola. Right? But then I went down, and he follows you. So, I'm so that, I'm as popular as Chris Frangiola. That probably might be true, actually. <laughs> so, uh, Mike Lawson, uh, he follows you. Like, so I just figured he he's has, a catching like, up fan. What if he's like a diabetes follower? Oh, if you, oh, Chris DC seventy seven. If you have diabetes, we're breaking up. I'm no longer interested. <laughs> I will not date a diabetic. So, if you have diabetes, please tell me, and I will quickly break up with you. But for right now, Chris DC seventy seven. Joe Batanza's show boyfriend. Thank you. Awesome. What are you going next week? I'm going to New Jersey tomorrow, super early in the morning. Um, it's a really quick trip. I am there 
Thursday and Friday. And that's it. And then um, Steve's birthday is Saturday. So we're going to hang out Saturday. And then I told you we're going to the Tonga Room. Did we talk about mm-hmm. that? So I'm doing the Tonga Room on Sunday. Does he Saturday know this? Is closed. Yeah, Steve knows that. Saturday it's closed for a special event. So we couldn't get in on his actual birthday. So. Um, no, with Steve, I, no, I'm, and I'm not asking you to get into detail here, but you know, you guys have a robust sex life, I'm sure. And do you get to do something special for him for his birthday sexually? No, I mean we don't have an agreement to do that. But you're like you're not like okay. I don't usually bottom Steve, but today we're both happy very, birthday. I feel like we both give what we give, and I don't know that. Like I feel like. Doing something special implies that, like, you're withholding something normally. And I don't think that that's the case. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if there was something special that he wanted for his birthday, I could return some of the gifts I bought. And just get... <laughs> oh, that was the thing, too. You were, like, uh, wondering what yeah. to get him for his birthday. Have you said on something? I don't know. I haven't got anything. So, Amazon buying is probably out of the question now. No, you can still do it. Do you have Prime? Yeah, but then I have to worry about being here. Do you know what I mean? You I just buy him that. things on Kindle. <laughs> I make a coupon book. No, but like, like when he goes like, oh, so Mike, what did you get me for my birthday? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, um, and then he goes like, ding, on his phone. Ooh, that's weird. What is, someone just text, what? Did you just buy me a Kindle, right, a Kindle book right now? And like, it's not even like a good Kindle book. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like the road less traveled. Yeah. Like all the books from like the two ninety nine or less, you know. Yeah. Thing. A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Why did you just buy me that? It's all books that are in the public domain. You're like, why <laughs> did you think I wanted to read Frankenstein? <laughs> why did you just buy me Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> the typo version. Yeah. The one with um, that bland. Have you bought? Have you gotten one of those free books and it's just the most boring cover and everything? Yeah, I have. I have. Um, when I first got my Kindle. Years ago, I bought a few. I well, bought is a weird word. Like I went through all the free the websites where you could get free stuff. Why did you buy me D is for Death by Janet Ivanovich or whatever? What those letter, you know those letter yeah. murder books. I've read a couple. Oh, you which ones have you read? Um, are they all the same characters, or are they completely yeah. different stories yeah, well, for each she letter? She has like the the numbered ones too. So like one for the money is like one oh. of them, and the, that's a series. My, the one I read, I don't remember if it was letters or numbers, but it's about this woman who got laid off, so she thought she could be a private detective, so she started doing it, but then got really involved and almost got killed and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Joey, well, it was super nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.